What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor, man. Good old humor, man. Yeah. It's the first episode of the week. A big Monday. The yeah. big Monday. The big Monday episode. Right? The big Monday, why? Well, what's what's big this week? No, I mean, just, just starting every week. Every week is big, right? This week so, is NDP, lah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. The fuck, lah. There was, there was an LU. Yeah. You just missed totally, it. And, and I think there's a, something that I've been reading about that um online. Uh, the people uh. are saying there isn't that strong an NDP spirit this year. Is it? Do you feel? Like, uh, as I mean, like, I was barely even, re- you know, registering in my head that NDP is happening. Uh. Yeah. Huh. I can't remember. Like, last year? Last year, there was NDP? There's the, NDP the, every year. No, Dude, as in, what are you talking about? No, as in like the... Like, every year there's NDP. No, like a big scale. There was, right? No, yeah, there was, yeah. Of course, yeah. Maybe it's because last year was the first in-person one, was it? Mm, 2021 was there? 2021, there was, right, yeah. Only 2022 don't have. La. 2020. 2020. 2020. Not say don't have, but it was just a lot closed more. door. Uh, yeah, closed door. door yeah. yeah. Every year have. Uh, why are we talking about Harish? No, what country it? have you been hanging out in? <laughs> no, as in, I know there is, but uh, for some, I was thinking, is this the first like back to normal business? No, but it's been happening the past two years already. La. Anyway, touche, because I was just setting you up an alley uh. the, the reason people are not feeling the NDP spirit might be because of all the political scandals that oh, have been going on. But, but here was, you are. Is it because there was no NDP last year? <laughs> That's just a hypothesis. Hypothesis, okay? yes, yes. Hypothesis. You think it's really impacting people that much? Uh, I don't know about you. I was at NTUC yesterday and then when I, I heard the song uh, like, you know, we have a vision for tomorrow yeah, yeah. and all those old classics uh, uh. about working together to build Singapore together. And I'm thinking... Well, Iswaran's not working with me, you know. I don't think there are, there are some people that we know are not working with us in the same direction and all that. Mm. So in, you can't doubt the fact that people feel a little bit uh, jaded by, you know, uh, those kind of messages when, when you see all these things happening around. But you right? also like to bring politics into your friend dinners and all that. So you're that kind of person, huh? Into me listening to ONDP classic, <laughs> listening to propaganda. But but it's true. I but mean, you never, but what it, about the other people at NTUC? Do you look they, at their reactions? They were probably singing and enjoying the music. That's and all why. That. So I'm the Grinch. La. I'm the one. You're that, the Grinch. Like, everyone's the Grinch. wearing red and I'm wearing green or something. Yeah, you're the Grinch. <laughs> because, okay, so like anecdotally, I think the, the scandals, yes, it has deflated spirits. But NDP feels like a bit more separate from separate, politics la. at this point. La, at this point. For you, la, for you. Uh, so you're going to be wearing red underwear on, on I mean for me NDP night. is always like okay it's happening am yeah. I like overjoyed and like oh my god I have to watch I'm like mm, I'm okay okay yeah, then yeah you're, yeah you're part of the problem right? you're part of the problem I Why never there, claim to no be spirit. the solution right? <laughs> <laughs> okay but that's yeah. where you announcing that this is a big week because of NDP that's where it's I a bigger like, oh, week okay. than normal oh, okay, okay, okay. at least there's a midweek public holiday uh, there are some there's some excitement and also Padang la. okay I think mm-hmm. of all the locations I think Padang is the coolest mm, Padang is cool yeah there's uh, this uh, cool, if you pass by Padang recently there's like uh, you know a lot they built up the seats and everything mm. and this alongside the F1 stuff that's going to be set up in the whole area as well mm. so there's a, like this there's a feeling there's like a vibe la, there's happen. a vibe but other than that I mean I can't even remember what this year's NDP song is and things like that la, right you yeah know? right 
That's true. Zero Buzz. I, I don't, can't remember who sang it. I, I know there's a song. I know there's Sugar Shea in it as every year. There's I know Sugar there's in it. Uh, yeah. 53A. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and I know Iman Fandi has two lines, I think. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So you're keeping track, right? Because uh, I was talking about it with some friends uh, over the weekend. Okay. But yeah, I don't know the song song. Exactly. I don't know what the song is, yeah. I know uh, Kit Chan is performing home. Yeah, and she, oh yeah, she did redo a more laid back version of the song. So, mm. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm not very sure, man. Hmm. I know, is this Halima's final uh, NDP as sit, the sitting president? Yeah, yeah. Right. That's right, it is. Oh, wow, one last chance to see her and wave at her. One last chance. Yeah. And then, yeah, la, so I guess it's, it's a, uh, yeah, there's no, like one thing is, do you see that many flags hanging outside houses? I do, but that one is uh, almost like every place uh, you know, estates and everything, they, they do it by default, la, right? They have to. La. I guess. I mean, like, I, I think my HDB block, like, there's not many. Mm, certain mm, blocks there are. And yeah. and certain blocks have so many that, like, one of my friends over the weekend also was speculating that, is it uh, organizing, like, are the residents actually putting up the flags? Mm, or mm. is, like, the... Because it felt too uniform to be coincidental. Ah, uh, I see, yeah. I see. So, so this is a conspiracy theory, like. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. The Singapore flag. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, like, in, in like it's just it's just weird. Like uh, now when there's all this happiness uh, or like happy supposed supposed happiness mm. uh, off the back of the past few weeks, la. Yeah, that one yeah. does feel a bit weird, la. Yeah. Are you doing like uh NDP party? With like family or friends or anything. Like you mean like an Andy party? Andy party, yeah. With your Andy peeps. Andy peeps? Uh, <laughs> no, no plans yet. The fun thing is when you can actually uh, celebrate with your friends separately, like, right? Mm. As in, you know, like how the, in the US like, or, or other countries, mm. National uh, Bastille Day, whatever, they have these own their own independent celebrations. Yeah, at home. A barbecue or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't have that, that culture in Singapore that much. Right? Other than like within your own family, Maybe with the kids and all that, you yeah, watch the show. Yeah. But you don't go to people's houses to celebrate that much. Are they still that. doing the fireworks in the heartlands, you know? They are, they are. Yeah. Oh, they are. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, la, okay. La. So okay. you're going to do that? La. Uh, maybe, la, maybe. Oh, okay, we'll okay. see. La, we'll yeah, see. yeah, yeah. But yeah, NDP, yeah. Uh, NDP week. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of uh, things going on. But before we go into all that, mm. um, what do we want to plug? Um, to everyone who is listening to our podcast, uh, or even watching it now that we are on a lot more on social media, it would be great if you could hit follow or subscribe wherever you're interacting with us. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to it on Spotify, there's a follow button. If you're watching us on YouTube, there's a subscribe button. Mm. If you watch us on TikTok or Instagram, just just follow. Yeah, and to be specific, uh, we see that in the last 28 days, uh, 76% of our our views or watch time on, on YouTube, YouTube right? mm. is coming from non-subscribers. Mm. So there are a lot of people watching we're not subscribing. So yeah, do subscribe. But why so is subscribing and following important, Terence? Yeah, just Aside to keep from up. giving us an ego boost. Because we don't have like as, you know, our, our release schedule because we release based on when we record and news and everything. So it's not a fixed schedule, right? Mm. So if you want to be updated as when we have new content yeah. and uh, new things to talk about, uh yeah, you have to you have to subscribe so you know that it comes up rather than to wait for the algorithm to, you know serve it to you. Serve it to you because the algorithm doesn't care about you. Yeah. We care about you, right? Oh, no. that's, the, that's, that's my presidential That's motto. the anti anti Facebook tagline, huh? Mm-hmm. The algorithm doesn't care about you. We care about you. We do, yeah. Sweet. But yes. Yeah, man. A big big international topic. <laughs> uh, somewhat international. Yeah. The first one. So shall we jump right into it? We should. 
So uh, there was a post by the Singapore ambassador to the US, uh, Louis Takyu, that was uh, posted last Friday on the Singapore Embassy in Washington, D.C. Facebook. Um, it was a letter to the editor of Washington Post. Mm. Um, and it was with regards to an article that the Washington Post um, uh, published uh, on when, uh, 24th July. Uh, the title was, In Singapore, Loud Echoes of Beijing's Position Generate Anxiety. So it's a pretty long article. Mm. And it just talks about how Lian He Tsapao is, is almost like a... Like, like in this weird ground of, of being one paper for two countries, that being mm. Singapore and China. Yeah. And they go on to go into a lot of detail about how they seems to be catering more towards China than Singapore as a newspaper. Mm. Mm. Uh, Lian He Tsapao responded um, and the latest uh, uh, response was by Ambassador Louis uh, just saying that, I mean, disagreeing with the approach that the Washington Post took. La. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like we did consider talking about this a few weeks ago when the article first came up. Mm. But it felt like it was still developing and and Leonard Sabao then published a, a retort kind of um, explaining why they disagree with some of the statements that Washington yeah. Post made. But then now, yeah, even the ambassador is stepping in. Mm. Mm. So, so why do you want to talk about this, Terrence? Um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, for the first time, uh, Singapore media is being accused of taking too hard a stand against against uh, or, or for something like right. Singapore uh, media is taking too hard a stance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most for the most part, we we every time our criticism of mainstream media, it boils down to they're just regurgitating whatever the press release or what they get, mm-hmm. right? Whereas this this time they're saying that uh, they're very oh so clearly taking taking sides with China mm. and everything uh. So it's a it's a interesting take lah. That's how the international, or at least the Washington Post and maybe the US media views our Singapore media lah, right? Mm. So it's a slightly different perspective from what people here think about media lah. That's why I thought it's quite interesting. Well, oh, for me, it's slightly it's the same. Like oh, yeah? a lot of mainstream media, they echo what the incumbent preaches, Mm-mm. like Straits Times. Mm. Uh, for the most part, I know yeah. there's a generalization. So do some feel like oh, they're doing the same thing except for. Uh, in addition to another government. So there's a question, uh, who is the incumbent? Uh? Mm. Is it, are they echoing what the US government is saying? Or are they echoing what the China government is saying? Mm. Or are they echoing both sides because they're both governments or what? Is that, mm. they, they, that's why I'm, I'm, it's quite interesting, uh, right? But they won't be echoing the US. Uh, as in, the accusation for Leonard Zabao is that they're echoing China. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Mm. So what you're saying, it's, it might be the other way around. No, that's so what I'm saying. Who are they? You're saying the incumbent, right? Yeah. They echo what the incumbent says. But who is the incumbent? China. In this case. Also, oh, so you are buying into the narrative that China... The West. China is like, has, has undue influence over our media la, compared to the West. Over Lian He Tsapao specifically. La. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's that newspaper based on the accusations, I can't imagine the West having uh, influence over Lian He Tsapao. Why not? I mean, articles, if, if they publish articles from Reuters or whatever as well that are translated to Mandarin. Oh, so, uh, okay, so the, the reason why, like, I'm more inclined towards thinking that China has an influence, good, because I don't read Mandarin. Yeah. I don't read Lian Hansen yeah. But I don't even, know so lot, actually. Yeah. Oh, you don't? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but yeah. But even when we've been talking about news in general over the past few years, mm. there have been times when Lian Hansen has a paper or publication comes up because there was some article they published that was a bit 
a bit more controversial. Mm. I know during the time of the brown face incident, they posted something. Then, um, I, ca- I can't remember which instances, uh, but it, it did, f- and, and also like, uh, about how they tend to publish a lot of pro-Chinese sentiment. Mm, mm. Uh, like, you know, in the past, once in a while, there would be some Singaporean that say something, then someone from China would criticize Singapore. Mm. And Leonard Sabah, from my recollection, tended to echo that. Mm. So based on my, just like, brief layman. interactions with them, layman, layman interaction, yeah. interactions, it did feel like, oh, is China influencing Leonard Zabao? Mm. I don't know how the West could because I don't read articles. Mm. So mine is just like I'm I'm drinking the US Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. So as a minority in Singapore, you generally have this feeling that Leonard Zabao is uh is kind of like pro the Chinese uh the China I mean, I wouldn't say there's a feeling. I've heard that sentiment. Uh, yeah, but it. I myself haven't haven't read enough or or seen like in plain sight because I know sometimes things get lost in translation also. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I've heard that sentiment be echoed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I've seen like what you said. A lot of uh, Singaporeans or heard or talked to a lot of uh, Singaporeans, usually older ones, who have quite um, in more recent years been consuming more pro-China mm. narratives. Mm. Um, but not necessarily from the Nhat Sao because some of them, a lot of them don't even read the mainstream newspapers and all, but they're watching YouTube or they're listening to uh, Chinese uh, propaganda and they are coming to their conclusions about, you know, the Russia war, mm. um, US-China relations and things like that. They are quite extreme la, and extremely more pro-China than anything. La. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't say for a, for certain that I know that, you know, Leonard Zhao is more pro-China or anything. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the truth is that there are much stronger Chinese influences in both social media and everything in Singapore today. Mm. That do seem to be affecting a lot of people. You'll hear, I think you'll hear anecdotally a lot of people who's, who have fallen out of their families because of their... Is it? Yeah, the different stances on like Russia. War. Okay, no, to say fall out of families may be an exaggeration. Maybe it's more like left WhatsApp groups. Things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, la. La. fallout with family. Terrence, this is a, yeah. that's a major claim. No, read, Left, news, read yeah. newspaper, leave yeah, yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. read Come on, la, <laughs> You leave WhatsApp group. Yeah, ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that, those, are, those can cause a lot of tension as well. La, and yeah. drama within the family and all that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay, maybe just to go into certain accusations that the Washington Post mm. uh, made was um, basically that uh, Leonard Sapao, they, they claim that has made. Uh, has been, is now dependent on readers in China mm, mm, for advertising and growth. And that was something I didn't know. Mm. Uh, apparently, it's read by over 4 million people in China every month. Yeah, yeah. That's news to me as well. Yep. Leonard Tsapao, a Singapore yeah. newspaper, we don't even have 4 million newspaper readers in Singapore. <laughs> in general. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so and, and apparently, the Washington Post got like um, Tsapao, Zapao reporters that spoke under the condition of anonymity. Mm. Um, and this is while circulation numbers in Singapore are declining. The last number that's made publicly available uh, was 144,000 in 2020 compared to 188,000 in 2015. Mm-hmm. And because now SPH Media Trust, all the circulation figures are pri- uh, private, so we don't know. Yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it, it makes money through advertising to the mm-hmm. readers in China. Yeah. Uh, which really sounds them weird. Mm. Then um, also, they they claim that Tapao 
factors into its editorial process the threat of potentially being cut out of Chinese social media. Mm. And it has happened before. They yeah. have been blocked on certain Chinese social media before. Yeah. Uh, Tsapo's main WeChat page was blocked in 2019 at the height of the Hong Kong protests. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it has been blocked. And because they have like a 4 million reader base in China, yeah. if you cut them off, they do, uh, it, does, it does impact their business. Yeah. Um, so then it, it, uh, it also claimed that Tsapo often quotes China state sources and follows Beijing narratives on certain stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like the fire in Urumqi um, and just the, the right, rights abusers in Xinjiang, yeah. the protests, they, they claim that Taobao follows the narrative of the Chinese mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, there are these columns that, are contri- that have contributors that write every month. And apparently, uh, there, are two, there are two CCP officials, the Chinese Communist Party officials, who contribute to the column. Mm-hmm. So the Washington Post is saying, oh, there's a, you have a contributor from the Chinese Communist Party for a Singaporean newspaper feels a bit weird. Yeah. Um, so, so all this Tsapao has kind of like responded to in their own piece, mm-hmm. um, like denying all that. Yeah. But when I read it, yeah, certain things did stuck out. Like the fact that they have 4 million readers in China. Mm-hmm. That's a big market, right? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, the Washington Post article is very long and they go into great detail. Yeah. But Tsapao published uh, something and yeah, it just, it's brought attention to something that I wasn't even uh, aware of. Yeah, but, I mean, it, at the end of the day, like the U.S.-China relations right now are, mm. you know, very strained. Uh, and and Singapore, I think we do, we have found ourselves caught in a crossfire quite a bit, mm. uh, trying to toe the line between both sides, right? Mm. And it's complex, uh, it's not easy. I think mm. it's 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 what we're trying to do. But this Washington Post article, if you take what whatever they claim as uh, facts, uh, right, having analyzed and talked to, talk to uh, inside sources and all that. Mm. Um, do you feel worried about what, what they're, they're publishing? Or what, what they said? Uh? As in what Washington Post yeah, accuses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it is, it is a little uh, uneasy. Mm. Um, because, I mean, ju- just looking at uh, some of the things also claimed by the Washington Post article, mm. Uh, and something you know, like in Singapore, I can imagine a lot of people who are Chinese educated, yeah, maybe from the previous generation, do still read the uh, Liana Tsapao, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think if that is their source of info, and if there is some sort of like subtle messaging or subtle pro-China views, then that's not cool, like, especially for something that is meant to be a national newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is worrying, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it feels like I mean. Like, uh, you can almost kind of understand why they would want to do that. Mm. But then it becomes, it feels weird. Like, it feels weird. Mm. Also because we, the government has had a very strong stance against foreign in- interference. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, but for you? Um, I mean, the I guess the difference between US media and, and Chinese media is that um, I think the Chinese government they they monitor their own media, the, the media that's, everything is written about them a lot more closely, right? Mm. And uh, the fact is that, um, surprisingly, Lian He Pao has had some pretty big, like, scoops in China in mm. recent years. Like, I think the the one that was mentioned also was about the Chinese tennis player, Peng Shui, that, uh, you know, made some accusations about a Chinese government official 
and then disappeared from social media for like six months or something. Yeah. And next yeah. thing you know, she was suddenly interviewed by a reporter, a Lian He Zhaopao reporter uh, at an event in China when it seemed like no other Chinese uh, media had access to her. Mm. So quite, uh, it's quite clear that Lian He Zhaopao does seem to have some, uh, you know, uh, has some footing in China already, to mm. say the least. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the realities of it is that if they're if they're reaching on the Chinese market and it's so big, like four million plus, uh, would they want to you know risk their rice bowl, uh, and get blocked and everything by by you know publishing anything that that with any you know more critiquing the government and everything? Because we know in Singapore that that there's a very uh we don't get that from from state media like, right? We don't get that from uh, our newspapers here mm. in terms of like really, really breaking down, analyzing political issues and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is it realistic that there's an expectation that they will do that for a foreign country? But the, the, the thing is, isn't it weird then that they are catering to readers outside of Singapore who, I mean, don't know whether they're Singaporean or not, like, but mm-hmm. 4 million Singaporeans in China sounds a bit weird. Mm. Right. So then I think as a newspaper also, who are you talking to? Are you talking to these 4 million people in China or yeah. Singapore? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and because it's state funding also, lah, right? Yeah, exactly. Singapore state funding. I think that's where that's where your disquiet comes from, lah, right? Yeah, not for you. I don't know. Definitely for me. For me, I I do feel it. Uh-huh. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, um, uh, how do you okay? How do you judge between the them having a more pro US stance or a pro China stance? Okay, let's say Lena Tsapao. You feel that it's because it is. You know, we've read what is. Uh, We've read what the evidence is out there about its more pro-China stance, right? Mm. But uh, would you say Straits Times has a more uh, pro-West stance in in some ways? Because it's uh, English media and everything. Pro-West? I think it's a (laughs) pro-us. Like the mm. pro-Singapore incumbent. Uh. Because the thing is, the Straits Times, the the sad thing is... Anytime they seem to do an editorial or yeah. something that's opinion piece, they put it behind a paywall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the things that are outside the paywall all seem to be just reporting on things that happen. Like, we're mm-hmm. not much of an opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, okay, so Singapore in general sometimes can be a bit confusing. Like, I think it comes from the thing that we know, like, that we grew up with, that Singapore's a small country. Mm-hmm. We cannot pick sides. We always need to be balancing both sides. Sometimes we are pro-US, sometimes we are pro-China. Yeah. And that's what that's where I think it gets confusing. Yeah, but one I mean one of the things that they they're literally using to defend themselves in is that they have to take from sources from both within the US and within China, right? Mm. And inevitably, inevitably because uh, they don't say this lah, but inevitably because Chinese media is more controlled more tightly than in the US, lah, right? Yeah. So whatever they publish from Chinese sources will feel like they're more they're more uh maybe more a bit more biased that right or partial to to the chinese uh message so in that case you know like if you want to publish a reuters article but to balance it you want to publish a uh, article from a chinese newspaper right mm. and then one happens to be a lot more feel a lot more partial than the other is it their fault as a as a newspaper caught in between these two countries hmm because of the the I mean, fact that the fact that US media is much more you know uh liberal than liberal to there's write a about. spectrum of opinions yeah 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 also you're saying that because of the nature of Chinese media which tends to be quite controlled yeah 
the only available media to quote are yeah. the ones that have already made it through the filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, I mean, is the expect- should the expectation on Inha Tsapao be, oh, we get one article from, about the, from the US, from, uh, US news media source, and we get one from China, but we must scrutinize the China one more carefully and critique it and, and everything more, you know. Mm. So, so that's where, I, yeah, yeah as, as much as I want to like bash them, you know, I'm like, hmm, this is a very, very tricky road to, to, to move through. Like, I right? mean, one thing they did say in their response was when I quote, based on the definitions of some Western media platforms, if you're not anti-China, mm. you must be pro-China. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting thought. La. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because you're not bashing China mm. doesn't mean that you are pro. You, yeah, so you like China. La. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that's where I, when, I, when I read this, I mean, you know I'm not a huge fan of our local media platforms or anything, la, right? Mm. Uh, but I read this, I'm like, wow, it's, it's also, well, what are we expecting something of, of them that is like be, even beyond their, uh, beyond their capability, la, you know? Mm. to fact-check everything that comes through uh, these but then, media sources. It still boggles my mind why there are so many people in China who read Leonard about. Why? Uh? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's an alternative news source that's written in a language that you're familiar with, right? But there's... You mean it's just a... It can't be a language thing. Like, there are probably so many newspapers out there. The, Correct, the fact yeah. is, Leonard Zabao is one of the few international newspapers that actually do have a distribution in China. Mm. Which in itself is weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in itself, it feels like it is definitely some sort of vehicle for something. Mm, mm, Especially mm. given that so many other things are not allowed in China. How come Leonard Sabao is allowed? I mean, like sometimes Hollywood movies are allowed in China. But in only China, if so. they fit within a certain certain framework, you know? And yeah, and they can be banned for very, very minor reasons or what, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the, I mean uh, that a foreign newspaper that that is written in the local language can get distribution in China. Um, they probably got to play by the rules, right? And that's why, like you know, that's why Google isn't in China, right? They pulled out of China because they didn't want to play by those rules. And yeah. Uh, but I guess the Sapao made the choice to. They will play by those rules, uh, But then, then it's a national newspaper. If it's a private publication, mm. if it's like a her world or something like that, yeah, I don't know whether her world's private or something. Mm. But then they do all they want. Mm. If it's a Singaporean newspaper, how come? How come it's 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 balance, got this balancing act? But it, New York Times, you can read it. You can buy it and read it in Singapore. So, uh, you know, Financial Times, you know, it's, I think it's comes from London, right? But you can also buy and read it in Singapore, right? Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a newspaper being able to be read and or purchased in another country, I don't think it's uh, unprecedented. But even right? even the New York Times, it's privately owned. I mean, it's public, it's publicly mm. traded. But Leonard Sabau is a national newspaper. Mm. Means it falls under SPH. Mm. So that's where it gets tricky for me. But it's our only newspaper. We don't have we don't have others, right? Exactly. But but yeah. the fact that it's ultimately taxpayers' money. Yeah. Right. That's when I feel okay. How come it has this this such a big distribution in another country? Yeah. So that's where we, the New York Times is nothing to do with the U.S. government, I believe. Yeah. Um. It's, it was it started. It uh, acquired. It went. Uh. It listed itself. Mm. So they want they do whatever the fuck they want. Mm. But for Leonard Zabao to be in that presence and so so much more readers there in Singapore, it does feel weird. But it means what? Cannot they can't can't have a presence outside of Singapore? 
can. You want it to be only be Singaporeans can no, read it. No, but no, you can have a presence. Yeah. But then, then it stirs up the feeling like, eh, how come of all the international newspapers, you're one of the few who have got in? Mm. How come you got so many readers in China? Mm. Something must be okay with the with the great censors of China. Mm, mm, it means it's, you're playing that game. Mm, mm. And you we all know that even in business, if you want to enter China, even as an individual, even as an actor, you go there, you play by the rules there. Yeah, yeah. So, for a national newspaper that is paid for by taxpayers' money, it does feel weird. Or it raises questions. But, okay, so you play by the rules, but you don't have to be pro the country or anything, right? Like, like what I said, you're not, just because you're not pro, uh, just because yeah. you're not, you, pro doesn't mean you're anti. Or but anything. are you objective? Uh, yeah, that's the that's the hard part, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's where the, the like, even locally, when you when you read mainstream media, it's kind of like frustrating, right? Because yeah. there's almost like zero opinion placed on like press releases that they receive from official sources, right? Yeah, and that's frustrating. And but maybe that's the model that seems to work for them in other other places also. And I mean, like, we also know that in the content game, in the media game, sometimes you do have to play the game. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, um, and when you don't play the game, yeah, maybe you don't grow as fast mm. or you don't, you're not as sustainable even. Yeah. So there yeah. is a game playing in the end. La, but yeah. don't know, if, if, as, if Leonard Sabah was private, yeah, I would think I would feel very differently. Mm. Okay, I, I, maybe I don't, I don't feel that, that need to be like, because it's a, because it's a national newspaper, mm. they can it shouldn't be read outside of Singapore. No, I can't. It's just China. If it was read <laughs> in like uh, Indonesia or something, sure. Yeah. But China where so many things are not allowed, mm. that to be allowed just brings you go like, huh, that's interesting. But don't you feel that that's a, a way to also uh, get the Singapore version of, of uh, I mean, like the Singaporean Chinese culture, for example, mm. getting that out there to the world as well. And, and does it does it cover Singaporean Chinese culture? I mean, the fact that it's based in Singapore it probably uh. reports on Singapore news as well, mm. and how it's and it's presented to the world outside. Isn't that a, a form of uh, soft power and diplomacy as well? Yeah, true lah, true, yeah. true. And and maybe yeah, maybe it's also because we are speaking with the context of not having Le- <laughs> not reading Leonard Sabah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they have written an article saying this podcast Yalabad is fucking amazing. <laughs> you know, they really talk about important issues and we are big supporters of them. Yeah, but we yeah, just yeah. haven't seen them. Yeah, we just haven't seen it. Yeah. But mm. uh interesting like, Interesting uh yeah, I think I think this one really the, the interesting part is that that the huge readership in China that we were not even aware of. Four million. Yeah. Four yeah. million. And the thing is they their advertisers come from that base. Mm. So they are catering towards that base as well. Yeah, yeah. Which right. again makes me think, oh shit. Uh, you know, once you have an advertiser base, you do need to sustain yourself. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say you you sell your soul out. Yeah. But you have yeah. certain considerations. Uh. It's a bit like the the fact that TikTok hired a Singaporean CEO, right? Mm. That's like a guy who, you know, educated in Harvard and, and you know, speaks good English. Mm. Uh, he's a zaddy, Goldman, yeah, he worked at Goldman Sachs, everything. Yeah, he's zaddy. A zaddy. Uh, but the fact is, he is working for at you know the highest echelons of uh, Chinese tech company, like, right? Yeah, and is able to also speak Chinese and 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 talk to you know management in in bike dance and everything. So that's where the Singapore branding maybe uh, is attractive, lah. It's seen as more global, more balanced. Uh, you know, less less. Uh, what do you call it? Less uh, pliant to to uh, s- certain governments and all that, no? Mm. So yeah, I mean uh, that, that's the thing, like, I think I I I'm trying to s- struggle. I'm struggling to see how else how 
they could do it better, lah. As in, if you if you want them to do better, lah, so to speak, yeah. How to do better? I don't know. Yeah. But maybe it just feels like, okay, there's definitely a relationship between Singapore and China. For sure. Yeah. Which is not wrong. Yeah. You know, as a small country, we need to have relationships with other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it just feels like, huh, okay, you know, we're, we're hearing that the number of family officers that come from China setting up mm-hmm. in Singapore is huge. Yeah. Um, and it feels like Singapore is a hot destination for Chinese investment. Yeah. And then on, on the flip side, our national newspaper has a huge reader base in China. Reader base in China. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. What's going yeah. on here? And maybe as a small country, this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to survive in this world as a small country. You do. You can't, you can't really tell certain people to fuck off and all. You just have to, have to manage Find everyone. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So maybe what they need to do is to, even you subscribe to Lenhe Tsapao in China, you also get free subscription to Straits Times as well. Uh. And, and you get to present both and sides. And Washington Post. <laughs> and Washington Post. Yeah, yeah. Must come together. A full yeah, package. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. cannot just subscribe to Leonard Tsapao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes all together. Berita Harian, <laughs> Tamil Morasu. All, all languages. All come out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, all translated, all come out. That's what Singapore is about. Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The CMIO framework. Yes. Applied to newspapers also. Correct, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I mean, in- interesting that, that the ambassador stepped in. La, because at first, it was mm. just two newspapers. Yeah. And then now the ambassador. Yeah. So that also makes it feel a little like, huh? Because I mean, like you said, it's a what's nas- going on here? national newspaper. Right? He has to come out and defend it somewhat, right? Uh, again, it feels like, huh? That's another thing that is just raising some suspicions. I think what's probably what what would be interesting to people outside of Singapore is this relationship between the government, the and the media and the and you know the and the uh, the role of the media. Mm. In shaping, you know, the national narrative or how people think about things or so mm-hmm. Um it's 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 not it's not like China, but it's still very tightly controlled, right? Mm. And and that's why our news maybe is not as uh it's not as exciting to read, la, that's for sure. Then why would four million people in China want to read? Don't know. Don't know. But but I remember mm. what we were talking about last mm. time. Maybe the best the best thing we need now is just like boring politicians. So maybe what we also yeah. need from media is for it to be a bit more boring, right? Yeah. yeah. The days of us not being able to speak, find a topic to talk about, that's when you know Singapore's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. when you know Singapore's doing all right. Yeah. It's like that movie, right? I mean, all those movies, the superhero movies, you know, mm. the day that I'm no longer needed yeah. is going to be a good day. Correct, correct. Yeah, that's what yeah. we're hoping for. Yeah, when we're just talking about, like, what are some of the more inane topics you have spoken about in the past, huh? Oh, a lot, uh, a lot. Or like the Twitch streamer like burying her cleavage in South Korea and getting right. arrested. Or uh, some media cop artist needed to take MRT to go <laughs> home at 11pm. <laughs> These are literally topics that we've talked about. And we haven't talked about topics like that in so long. I feel like, oh, we should we should yeah. jump back into the entertainment world at some yeah. point. <laughs> Once in a while, it'd be nice to choose a topic where we can read one article and have the full context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah not having to read like seven different articles from seven different newspapers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But interesting. I guess this way it ends off, lah. Right? There's nothing mm. else to for this, right? I mean, this uh, I accuse you, j'accuse, and, and then you accuse me back, lah. You know. Well, but like uh, just the one thing, just uh, uh something that I also saw the the author of the article, Shibani Metani, mm. who is mm. based in I believe uh, who's a Singaporean. Yeah. And she tweeted um the Cao Pao's response to her article. Okay. Saying you please read it fully, but then she also put some stuff down saying that it seems like. Cao Pao had pre-empted uh, her piece. Because oh. when she was interviewing them, yeah. uh, they quickly put out an article talking about the Navigating China-US competition, a Singapore-Chinese mm. language paper 
uh, does this and this, a Chinese mm. language paper's experience. So, interesting. Like, it feels like she opened up a, a can of worms. Can uh. of worms. Uh. Wow. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Interesting that uh, our national Chinese newspaper is under scrutiny. Mm. Uh, but something else also that will be coming under scrutiny mm. is your corridors at home. And why so? Uh, because uh, as of... Uh, as of... Wait, let's see here. Uh, as of a few weeks ago, maybe, mm. um, HDB approval is no longer needed for corridor-facing CCTVs in flats. Mm. And that the demand for devices uh, across all the providers of, of such devices is up quite significantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so since May, since May, flat owners are no longer required to seek approval. Mm. Um, but such cameras should not face the door or windows of another flat to safeguard the privacy. Yeah. Um, you still, you still are required to uh, ask for approval if they want to install CCTV cameras outside your flats. Mm. So I think that's the one that's looking out, lah. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah. So, so I mean, th- there's a lot more detail to the, the this this topic than I expected because yeah. if you feel that your privacy is being intruded, uh, mm. you can also appeal. Yeah. But um. This topic, I mean, like, when you read this, was it something that you're like, uh, yeah, okay, this makes sense. Uh, but actually, that's one of the surprising things, right? Mm. That, that in such a, you know, we always say Singapore is a very, very, um, I mean, it's a surveillance state, right? A lot of cameras. We have a lot of, like, surveillance cameras around and everything. Uh, so, quite surprising that this rule exists that you can't have a CCTV uh, outside your door, Mm. Uh, I, I never understood fully why, and uh, but I mean, what what was your understanding of the the rule and why it was implemented? Now? You mean the rule that you need you need up to which up till now you yeah 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 that's right that you uh, need to get approval privacy la. privacy yeah but I mean if it's just like with things like uh you know delivery or people stealing shit from your door and things like that. Is it not reasonable to say, oh, I just so want the camera pointed at my door? That's why now it's a bit more reasonable. Uh, why? Uh, because uh, there are a lot more people coming to your door in general. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think the whole ordering stuff online is so much more prevalent now. Yeah. So yeah. you have a lot more people coming to your door. Uh, there's increasing uh, crime happening in Singapore, at least it seems like it. Mm. Um, and mm. then, from the videos that you see get shared online where people do steal stuff, yeah, people do assault animals mm. uh, almost sexually, yeah. people do piss around the area, yeah. then it makes other people go like, oh shit, what has been happening outside my door that I never knew? Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of uh, instances of like delivery uh, riders or people or what also, you know, while delivering stuff, just taking something from the door at the same time lah. Nice mm. pair of shoes or something. And last week, there was a video of this guy who shat at a stairwell. Oh, is it? It was captured by someone. CCTV, CCTV. CCTV. Oh. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why the CCTV was pointed at a stairwell, <laughs> but you could see the projectile nature of oh, the, 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 the and the piece of excrement. La. Ouch. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but... But for you, for you, like, do you see a, a value or need to having to put a CCTV at your door? It's almost like, okay, I can see the value, but yeah. I would, as far as possible, I wouldn't want to put it. Why, yeah? Because, 
It's a different kind of spirit. There it's You're talking about the community, the kampong spirit that when you put a CCTV at your door, that's why it feels weird. No, it's just like ideally, okay, uh, and the the you know the idealistic view that oh you know neighbors and all like I'll look out for each other. I mean, okay, you don't even need to be friends. Mm. You just be civil. Yeah. And that when people are coming to deliver, they also will be civil. Mm-hmm. I know that's a very idealistic utopian world, which mm. is never the case. But it's one of those like, what wow, the moment you put it up, uh, it's like a big f you to your neighbor. It's it? like I don't, I don't, I don't trust you all. Uh. Oh, I see, I see. Which I mean, is understandable. You know, like yeah. even in cars. Yeah. The dash cam now is like it comes with cars. You mm, buy a car, there's a dash cam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's because there's like a huge safety issue. People die, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the number of deaths along HDB corridors is a lot less. Yeah. But yeah, I just feel like oh, we're entering that era, like. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, like in places like the US, where you know cameras on doors are very, very common, right? Mm. And they always capture people stealing packages. Apparently, it's a much bigger problem there, la. there in the US than it is like here la, in Singapore, at I least think, from what I know. I think because Singapore, the houses are a lot closer together. They're a lot more mm-hmm. dense. Right? Yeah. Like in the US, you have one house, the closest house maybe is like 50 meters away. Yeah. It's very ulu, la. so easy to steal stuff and yeah. get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Singapore, I mean like, okay, even now, I keep stuff outside my house. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and I have a, a f- almost like a very high sense of security which might yeah. be even unjustified la. Yeah. I'm like okay I keep my uh, skateboard there and shit like that oh you put your skateboard outside I put my skateboard shoes got yeah, a few yeah, plants yeah. Uh, maybe a bicycle Yeah. of course lock the bicycle but mm. it, yeah it is a nice feel yeah Yeah. so yeah I don't no, know but it's true uh, that uh, putting a CCTV at your door a very visible one while it's a deterrent for people to not steal things and all but uh yeah it makes i, I think it's 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 a very standoffish kind of gesture mm, right mm. it makes people feel like they're not welcome to just loiter around outside house. but then again why would you want to loiter outside someone's house like yeah la. but it goes back to the the you know those kampong days when when people just leave their doors open and then kids run in and out they want to drink water they just come yeah. in and out, all that um but gone different era different era do you have a ccd uh, not not yeah not not at the door because I do feel like you I, I feel like that um it's a very uh unpleasant thing to see someone mm. having a camera pointed especially if it's pointed at your corridor that you're you're all part of as well like, right yeah and I mean the picture in the article also they show like it's the, really the one that has the like the circular yeah. the dome one where yeah. you can't even tell where it's pointing like. yeah yeah so it's just very unpleasant a feeling about it but there's a lot more the the things that. It doesn't have to be that kind of very standoffish one or no camera. Smiley face, is it? No, no. There's these doorbell cameras nowadays uh. that, uh, like, only if you press the doorbell, then it, like, records and everything. Uh. Which is legit, right? Like, when you have people coming to visit or, or someone drops a package at your door, then it, then it triggers something. I think those are more uh, friendly. Uh. They don't seem as... as you don't seem like the, the neighborhood asshole for installing that. Uh. But that means you must ring the doorbell like, if someone wants to steal your underwear or something. Uh, it could be uh, motion sensor also possible. Mm. They do by motion also. But I think one thing I can say for sure is that there aren't a lot of uh, very good options for, for video doorbells and stuff like mm. that. Uh. I've done my fair share of research about it as well. You're doing research for what you wanted to get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point I was like, oh, it'd be great if people ring the bell and then you know who is at the door. Then what stopped you? Uh, privacy concerns because uh. there's you know there are a lot of uh, reports of like people being able to hack into these oh, Wi-Fi yeah. cameras. Uh, then if it's not privacy, then it's the the companies, as with everything now, they charge subscription based cloud services to oh. use the service, which is 
fucking annoying and I, I it's just one of my bugbears that I, I just refuse to to pay for those subscription services. Mm. So yeah, I mean after a while I was like, okay, uh we'll try and live without it. The very best just have a camera pointed at the door from inside my house. Oh, from inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think okay, so I think there might be some cases where it would make sense to have like a a, a camera. Mm. So for me, I, I I the corridor is very visible. Yeah. Right. And my door is is on the corridor. Yeah. So, I mean, even if someone wanted to do something shady, there's a, a it's very visible. Yeah. But if you live yeah. in a place where okay, maybe it's not as visible. Maybe if there's a like lift land, uh, like staircase landing. Yeah. Where you know it's a bit darker. Yeah. And it's a bit more secluded. Uh, or maybe it's just like uh, you have an elderly folk at home who's mm, home alone a lot. Mm, 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 so then I can see the use. La. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a default, can you imagine in the future, every house just comes with that? Like, a mm. couple of podcasts ago, we were making fun of how there are these cameras going to be pointed at windows to detect yeah, killer yeah. litter, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have fucking cameras pointing at your vi- windows. Yeah. Then as well, you have cameras outside your door. Yeah. Then inside also, you got camera pointing yeah. at your door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then camera watching your kid. And then some people camera watching your helper. Yeah. Then it's like, what the, what, 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 what is going on? But don't you feel like that really when you go out? Like the fact that everyone has a camera in their pocket and anytime they could be filming you. True lah. But yeah. that's why it's still still generally like some some social faux pas that if you just whip out your camera and start recording lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it lah. Because yeah. yeah, I have I have dogs, right? And uh, I, sometimes I walk my dogs, I bring them to the park and all that. And uh, some sometimes some people just whip out their phones and start recording uh, me and my dogs and all that. Why? Eh? So that's the thing. I don't know whether they be, it's because they find my dogs very cute and all look so cute, all that, or it's because they don't like something that I did. Like maybe I I I off leashed my dog for a while for it to go to the toilet, you know, for like a minute or two, and because of that they want to like record down and then report to people. So it makes oh. me very anxious about uh you know just having fun with my dogs. But like you never wave to them and like try and say hey what you're doing. Huh? Then I also don't know if 100% that they are recording me or so. Maybe, maybe they're, they're just taking a yeah, photo. Maybe they're doing selfie and then they're just holding it up. Then I'll be like a fucking asshole doing it. Like, which has happened to me before when I was taking a photo of my car because I'm forgetful so I forget where I parked my car. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I'm literally just pointing it at, like, at the car park or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, then some, some, someone came up to me, hey, why are you taking a photo of me? Like that. Yeah. Then I have, to, I have to literally show him, no, I'm taking a photo of the, of the car park lot so that I, I, don't, I, I don't forget where I, I parked, you see. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so generally, I think everyone's, there's this anxiety that builds up when you know that everyone has a camera. And uh, yeah, I, I can foresee it being worse if everyone had one in front of their house or so. There was a one Italian startup that I think was my one shock thing a few Yeah, yeah, or the, the one that, that, that screws up uh, yeah the clothes cameras. they design yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of screws up facial detection software la, on yeah, cameras yeah maybe that's, yeah that's what we all need more of because right? now like uh, dash cams in cars it is, is it mandatory or not uh, no, not mandatory but I mean you'd be stupid not to have one yeah right? because of all yourself. yeah protect yeah. yourself and all that so houses will be the same la. yeah 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 that's right no? disputes with uh, grab drivers and, and everything I, I think like recently there was even that case of someone who whose laundry was mixed up with uh, like his expensive Gucci mm. pants laundry got mixed up with like $78 sweatpants or something like that, like, right? Yeah. And uh, the company that picked up the laundry claimed that they never picked up the Gucci pants. Mm. And then they had to rely on their, their CCTV, video like. doorbell or what to capture the footage that the laundry guy did pick up the pants. Uh. So maybe that's the world we live in now. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what we asked for. Uh. We wanted like convenience and yeah, and, you know, uh, delivery to and from your home and all that. Because last time, what reasons would a stranger come to your house? Basically, mm-hmm. none. 
Yeah, yeah. Right? It's either friends, family, or the odd door-to-door salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like, people coming to your door, it's the norm. norm. Yeah, yeah. It's Just norm. putting valuable stuff at your door or picking up valuable stuff from your door, you know? Just now, I mean, between this podcast, we the food we ordered for lunch came. Yeah, it just came. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just came. Exactly. So, huh. yeah. It's a different world. Uh, and I think maybe this this loosening of the rules is to just accommodate that. Uh. It's a different world we live in. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh. Can't have your kampong. Can't have your kampong, have kampong, your kampong yeah, and eat it too. Sad. <sighs> That's the state of the world now. That is the state of the world. But yeah. But other than Ooh. it being sad, what are some happy comments that we've gotten on our podcast okay wait uh would you like to go first yes um i on our i think on our uh, youtube channel which Mm. i think we've gotten a lot more uh new people listening to us through youtube uh there there were a couple of really interesting comments about um the whole iswaran probe and and the subsequent ministerial statement about his salary and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to point out there's one by Eric Chon, uh, 9766. I don't know whether this is a throwaway account or what. Lah. But uh, this person was saying that what may not sit too well the public is Iran's current salary of 24.5k per month, uh, which includes the 8.5k mm. uh, that he's still receiving as a, a minister and a 16k MP allowance. Uh, for doing nothing essentially other than attending CPIB interviews, um, and then further on, it says that in turn begs the further question of whether, whether seemingly exorbitant ministerial salaries truly prevent corruption. So yeah, I think that's something that we talked about. Lah. Um, uh, but I think the interesting point that Eric, uh, Eric Chong, Chong has, is pointing out is that uh, in the private sector, being suspended on no pay leave upon arrest for corruption seems to be the common practice. Well, the civil service, in contrast, apparently has a reduced salary policy, mm. which I think PM Lee mentioned, right? Yeah. That different sectors have different practices may well be fine, except, again, for the inconvenient and possibly disdainful optics of ministers wanting top private sector pay while desiring more benign civil service treatment. As such, some may construe parliament has perhaps in- inadequately addressed these issues. And I thought that was interesting, right? That mm. The fact that when we talk about ministerial salaries, it's ultimately pegged to private sector salaries and then they take a discount from that. Yeah. But it's saying that, oh, private sector, that's how we follow, right? But then when it comes to screwing up and getting punished or that, it's, oh, let's look at the civil service and see what the civil service does and then we peg it based on that. Lah. Mm. As opposed to private sector, I think like we mentioned, if you do something wrong in the private sector, uh, regardless of what the, where the investigations are, usually you get fired the next day or mm. the day after. So how come that one, when comes to pegging the salary, it goes to private sector, but then when it comes to punishing them, it goes look at the civil service. Which is, I thought it was a very interesting point that I didn't I didn't uh, think about, la, right? Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Huh. Yeah, so that came on YouTube. So people are going on YouTube and, and putting some interesting oh, thoughts. So it's not well. just like, like uh, shorter comments on YouTube. Yeah, it's people. not just scolding us for being, uh, you know, uh, being idiots and everything like that, which is mm. what usually we get on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so more thoughtful comments coming off YouTube. And I mean, even on our Reddit, someone, like my one show comment was something uh, related to that as well by Rose Gold Cat. Mm. Uh, it was regarding the suspension of employees um, to, uh, if they're being investigated for alleged misconduct yeah. Uh, they posted that there's actually an emp- the Employment Act actually provides a procedure for what to do and how the suspended person should be paid. La. And mm. it's a page on the Ministry of Manpower mm. uh, website. And basically, um, 
Yeah, so if an employer needs more than one week to complete the inquiry, the employer must seek the commissioner for labor's approval at least three working days before the end of the one-week suspension mm. um, to 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 reduce the salary or anything. So the question they posed was, if experience suspension from ministerial duties has been more than a week and is being paid less than half of the salary, mm. did it have to be approved by the commissioner of labor? Mm. I, see, well, I, I don't know. Or is it the PM Lee say, you know what, PM Lee decides everything. Yeah, He's the boss. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting that people are also looking into the great granular details of this. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. I mean, even in parliament, the fact that uh, PM Lee said he's getting 8.5k it wasn't publicly known right yeah before that. and the fact that he that is in addition to his ministerial pay mm. yeah so yeah I think it's good people question people investigate yeah yeah please please keep asking these questions yeah man. Yellow butler. yeah cool alright yes. so and now on to what I, I think I know what your one shook thing is gonna be already yeah I, I, I don't think you know I don't think I think you okay, think okay. you know I think I know yeah, yeah but it's not it's, it's not, not it's not if it's not Barbie yeah it's not it's not <laughs> even though I saw that movie but I'll hold my comments yeah yeah um, so basically uh, there's this I saw this trailer for mm. this new Korean reality TV show yeah that looks insane like, I haven't watched it yet mm. it's called Zombieverse Zombieverse okay Zombieverse okay so basically it is they have these 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 guests but it's set in Seoul and yeah. it's just the guest surviving a zombie apocalypse. La. Fake zombie apocalypse. A fake zombie okay, apocalypse okay. in Seoul. And it looks pretty insane and they do the same thing like the peanut gallery and like uh, there's a bit of like comedy in it but some of the, the participants are quite well-known personalities as okay, well. Okay. So I think they're taking a page from like Physical 100 la, where they get oh. personalities to do this challenge. Just when they get personalities and they make them survive a zombie apocalypse. La. What does it mean to survive? Means so I, run or what? okay. So based on the trailer, yeah, they there's zombies all around. They're all actors. Okay. Uh, and then they have to finish challenges or something. At yeah, the moment, yeah. you're I'm guessing you're touched by a zombie. Or you die. Or you die la. Uh, It's uh, kind of like those run for the dead and all those zombie runs that were like quite fun, uh, yeah, quite yeah, hot yeah. ten years ago la. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. But I mean, I went for those last time, and and they they all after a while were a bit kind of lame la, I thought. So this yeah. one, this one I, I just want to give this a shot and see because mm. like Korea has been uh, churning out quite a lot of nice reality TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so this one seems seems interesting. Like, without, without um, the cast has to complete daily tasks, survive uh. by finding food, transportation, shelter and other necessary items to survive without getting bitten in order to stay in the game. Bitten? So they get bitten by zombies as well. Yeah, it's like bitten like, with air oh, quotes. See, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it seems... Seems interesting, lah. I remember those those, those zombie runs, like I never if, did one of those runs. You did, uh? I did, I did, and it, it was quite funny because if you basically the zombies are all actors, lah, right? Yeah. And if you just ran fast enough or hard enough, they wouldn't want to touch you because they'll get like bowled over if you if you bump if, if they run into you or something, lah. So that's what you do, lah. That's the strategy, lah. Just like um, no, no, you don't even need to outrun them. But you just look like you you just don't you're not you don't care and you're gonna bowl them over and then they just jump away from you. They don't want to get injured or so. Yeah, so that 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 means you're the kind of person who will go to the Halloween horrors, you know, <laughs> and just say this is fake. Why am I so scared? Yeah, uh, why yeah, scared? Yeah. I know you're an actor, you know. You'll be the kind of grinch, lah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I not not at first it's 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 quite fun, lah, But after uh. a while, it's like. Eh. You realize that they're, they're just humans in, in costume or so. But then, you know, like, if you go to Halloween Horrors, mm. if you, okay, if you just buy into it, it can be a little creepy. La. It can, it can, yeah. yeah. So this is basically that, but on a much bigger scale. La. Yeah, yeah. No, I could, I could go into details about the parts of Halloween, Halloween Horrors that I like and don't like, la, mm. right? 
And uh, the parts I always don't like is when the, they get the actors as ghosts just like popping up like right beside you and whoo, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. And and as opposed to using more unique ways of like you being able to see the actor visually or, you know, them flying around somewhere where you can't touch them and they can't really touch you. Mm. But it feels like scary enough, like, like mm. they can come close enough. Mm. So so I, I think a lot of the times my my these ho- fake horror experiences are when the actors right there. And then sometimes I look at them like, hey, this is like some young young punk in some you know who's probably he ate Tai Peng for lunch and then after he had a porn makeup for two hours and then he's sitting here waiting to scare me. I'm like, it's damn lame lah, you know, it's not there's nothing scary about it really. But like. I remember there was once also don't know whether it was the same time I went with you. Like I think they didn't close the curtain fully. Then you see a bunch of zombies just taking <laughs> their phones. Yeah, yeah. Taking their phones. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, like, guys. Yeah. Close the damn curtains <laughs> again. I know you need your breaks. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you need time to rest. You yeah. know, hydrate. But yeah, just close the damn curtain. No, I think I know which one you're talking about. I think we went to one at Sentosa. Sentosa lah, Sentosa. And that one was cool because like there were points when you had to enter the, the underground bunker mm. and then they put smoke and yeah, lights yeah, yeah. and then the, you see a figure standing there. So, yeah, it's so far away, but that it's creepy, image like, yeah. scared the shit out of me. Not the person who stands, like, jumps up next to you, boo, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Like. That's what I'm saying, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct, It's, it's correct. about the feels, it's not the... And there was one based on movies or something, right? Three it Thai movies. based on, yeah, Thai yeah. horror movies. Thai yeah, this was movies. years ago at Fox yeah, 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 that was yeah. cool, that was cool. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my one shook thing. What about you? Cool, cool. Uh, my one shook thing is uh, something I saw recently on ESPN where uh, Stephen A., the sports commentator, was reacting to the Balloon World Cup. I don't even know, but uh, apparently last year, in uh, they held the first, hosted the first ever Balloon World Cup. And I think um, some football players like Gerard Piquet or what were involved in organizing it. But what it essentially is, is two people uh, competing in a, in a fake living room environment to try and keep a balloon in the air. So they were, you know, you know how you play with your kid? Yeah. Like, oh, keep the balloon in the air, don't let it touch the floor. So basically, the rule here is like it's like squash like that lah. You hit the balloon, then the other person has to run and make sure the balloon doesn't touch the floor. And it's set in a living room. And so yeah, so they create a living room set, <laughs> and then they they park a car in the middle of the living room. And so the contestants are wearing helmets, everything. They have to hit the balloon over. And a lot of times, the tactic they use is they hit the balloon over the car. Then the, the other person has to scoot around the car and keep the balloon from hitting the floor. So. Apparently, Peru won the first ever Balloon World Cup last year. <laughs> and uh, it's like a thing. Uh, and I watched I watched clips of it. And it's actually like quite funny and entertaining. And, and Like they wear helmets and yeah, shit like that. pads. Right? And, and yeah, it's really like there's a sofa and things like they have to jump over the sofa and lamps and tables. Oh my God. That is... Stuff on the floor. So yeah, I mean, if Singapore needs like a new Balloon World Cup team or so, yeah. They're, they're, I think <laughs> a lot of uh, young parents will be very good at it. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, watching the clips now, yeah, right? it's yeah, hilarious. It's hilarious. Right? <laughs> yeah, I would love for Singapore to be good at this balloon World Cup because we spend so much time indoors. In oh our, in our my houses. god, that is genius! Yeah. And and you said that like Gerard Piquet and all were involved in it. Apparently, like, I mean, from what the the preliminary stuff I saw and, and watched, I haven't looked into it fully. But uh, yeah, just a couple of days ago, there was a Stephen A on ESPN reacting to the Balloon World Cup, which. <laughs> Asking him whether it's a real sport. Nah. But to me, it's like, if, if competitive eating is a sport, why can't this also be a sport, right? You know? Oh, this is awesome, man. Oh my God. Yeah. Balloon World Cup. Yeah. I remember years ago, we had the first ever pillow fight day in Singapore. Exactly, exactly. That was 2013, I think. Yeah. But there's no competitive element to that. Nah. Yeah, no competitive. I've seen, others, I've seen other funny sports like 
pillow fighting championship. Like UFC, but with pillow. Is it? Pillows, yeah. <laughs> but this one, you think about it, if we can partner with like a furniture store or something. Mm, yeah. And you just have a balloon workout. Yeah. In all yeah. the different... Got living and, room, got dining table, got this. And, and one fucking car parked in the middle yeah. of things. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's great, right? That is awesome. Yeah. Oh, cool, oh, cool. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right. Um, that's all for today, everybody. Uh, thanks so much and uh, happy, happy National Day happy week. Happy National Day. Peace.